On this episode of AV Week, we take a deep dive into the CDA and CI Expo, the future of virtual control, and the winners and losers when manufacturers play nice. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Nation is brought to you by Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. Learn more at atlona.com. This is AV Week, episode 630, recorded Friday, September 15th, 2023. Virtual AV. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of the biggest AV news and information. My name is Tom Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, a young lady I got to meet in person at CEDIA last week, Samantha Potter from Allen & Heath. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you. Good to be back. Yeah, absolutely. And you need to check out her podcast uh, from ProSound Web, especially if you're in the House of Worship, but even if you're not, it's a fantastic podcast, and we'll talk about that at the end. Uh, Bill O'Donnell has a new job. Um, we're going to blame, you know, Tim Van Wart for this, but he works for Rutgers. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. I'm back in the realm of higher ed. And, uh, funny enough, uh, you can actually catch me and Tim. Uh, Tim will actually be speaking over at E4 next week, I believe, or the week after. In New Jersey. And last but not least, the illustrious Mr. Brock McGinnis from Nationwide. Welcome, sir. Pleasure and an honor to be invited back, Tim. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Uh, I mentioned the CDA. We're going to cover that in a second. But first and foremost, first story comes from us from our friends at AV Magazine. Extron has announced the immediate availability of the VCA100 virtual control appliance. VCA100 can can host up to 30 IP CP, which is one of their control processors, uh, Pro XI series virtual control processors on a single appliance. The VCA100 is designed to work with uh, within an organization's IT infrastructure uh, where AV and IT teams can use the web-based uh, management console to monitor the health and status of deployed virtual control processors. Our friend Casey Hall says, quote, unquote, the VCA100 opens the door to a whole new design architecture for enterprise-wide control and automation. Uh, real side note here, Extron is a sponsor of AV Nation. Um, Mr. McGinnis, we're going to start with you on this. Um, where do we see the need or the use of virtual control uh, in AV right now? <laughs> well, the need for virtual control uh, for those that were kind of locked into the Crestron ecosystem was you couldn't get a control processor. Um, and, uh, so I think that, uh, a lot of us have finally broken away from that, um, you know, bad AV habit of needing a gray box, uh, for every single room and every single application. And I've started to think more like network, I, you know, IT kind of folks and saying, well, you know, I need a control interface and I need, uh, a uh, source for the code that's going to operate everything, but I do not need both those to be in boxes and in the same place. Um, and uh, Casey's uh, Casey is absolutely correct. Um, it is a uh, uh, it's a great opportunity. Um, we have a lot of bad habits in in AV, and the more that we become uh, kind of like our uh, 
uh, IT um, brethren and sisterin, um, we're better off. All right, Bill, um, Brock brought it up, the, the gray black boxes that are in every single classroom, every single uh, conference room. How long before those go bye-bye completely and you know we're running on network? Uh, well, so in our case, we're already kind of starting to do that a bit more. Um, in fact, I can give you from my previous, uh, you know, little in-between phase of higher ed, and that was uh, working for the federal judiciary, in which case their stuff was, they were, as I say, their stuff was 15 plus years old. And we had, um, you know, I had a new boss who was very much a Cisco oriented guy. And he went, yeah, let's just get the big, he's like, let's just get the virtual box. And he's like, I'll get the touch panels and we'll just start going. He's like, I can't wait for these processors. I can't wait for the lead times to just go. But now to answer your question on that one, I give it, well, right, right now I'm looking at doing a tech refresh for rooms that, uh, you know, we're going to be rolling out over the next two to three years. They still have a physical box, but. Most of it is based off of, you know, there's a, as I say, there's a web GUI and um, we're working on, um, we're partnering with a couple of manufacturers of here, the touch panel opens up the web GUI. The web GUI then points back to the virtual box. After that, there you go. We're, 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 we're kind of tired of getting like, you know, here, the, the walled garden is, is wonderful. I don't want to be in the walled garden anymore. And, and if I can just jump back in, it, it all goes back to the days when we needed contact closures. You still need contact closures, though, don't you? Uh, not very many. Projectors. I'm getting a lot. <laughs> you can do that with a global cachet box. It seems like I might be bucking against what everybody else is saying. But to me, like, even if it's like centralized somewhere, like there's got to be a black box someplace doing some of this um, in in my eyes, and perhaps that's naive, but it feels like there always will be. Accessing that black box from anywhere, 100%, that's where we're going, and I think that's how it should be. Anybody should be able to log into the system, see what's going on, um, and maybe even view or see or, or hear things like as they're happening, 1,000%. But I'm sort of of the mind, like, the box is always going to need to be there. Our access to the box will be will be uh, limitless. Like you could just get it anywhere. So, so hang on for a second. One, one quick thing. Uh, Samantha has a lot of, of expertise in the house of worship. Is that where you're seeing the need for the contact closure? Because here, here's where I, when I say contact closure, I'm thinking screens and shades, right? And, and shades certainly, and, and you know, uh, uh, SI uh, screen innovations has their networking shades and, and a bunch of other folks do too. But is, am I, am I out of my depth here when I'm thinking that, or is it, is it someplace else? Hospitality and house of worship. So much, so much contact closing. Also like a good amount of um, athletic facilities and then like casinos, which I guess kind of falls under hospitality. Um, they're like, they're, they're go, they're still going nuts for it. Like it's, it's when you just need, there's no replacement for a contact closure that is taking a physical thing and turning it into an electric thing. There's no getting past that. Um, also, like with the blinds and at uh, CD and CI Expo, it was my first time there. I didn't even realize there were so many smart blinds. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm I'm behind, I guess. I need to <laughs> you did that. But we can 
hit that later. Yeah, we'll we'll hit that in a second because oh my goodness, Samantha's right. If if you've ever wanted to feel small in the world of, of especially residential, go go walk through a shade uh, manufacturer. Um, all right, next story comes to us from our friends. Um, excuse me, I lost my place. At Innovate, Barco and Crestron have announced a global patent license agreement. This is in stark contrast with I don't know. Sure and control uh, and 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 um, um, oh for crying out loud the name was just went on my head clear one. Um, clear one thank you as well as as um, Snap One and uh, and Josh AI now going after each other but Barco and Crestron they're uh, they're avoiding legis- they're avoiding uh, the lawsuits and they've agreed to a patent license agreement that will enable Crestron to use some of Barco's ClickShare patents for its collaboration systems. This agreement is aimed at spurring growth, quote unquote, in the bring your own meeting market by developing new presentation and conferencing systems that are fully integrated and easy to use. Bill, first question for you. Uh, I, I referenced two lawsuits. Those drug on for years. Well, uh, the, the Sure and Claire won one drug on for years. Snap one and, and Josh is just starting. That's an area where the customer eventually loses, right? Um, because at, at one point in the, the Sure and Claire one lawsuit, Sure had to redesign things and, and, and there were certain things that weren't available for a moment. Now you've got this story is, is two companies getting together collaboratively, right? And avoiding some of that. Who wins and who loses when, when companies like Barco and, and Crestron come together and say, you know what, we, you, you got some intellectual property here. Let's we want to leverage it in in our systems. So let's all kind of play nice together. Who wins and who loses? Well, I think uh, it's both the end, like in certain cases, the end user and it's the integrator. Reason okay. being is that you know, listen, you have stuff that has common parts or common components in each. It then turns into okay, what's your you know? For me, I look at it as what's your what's your price point with this. Um, the other end of it too is that. You know, some of it can go, oh, yes, well, we improved it. Well, those of us who, you know, keep up to date and everything is going to look and say, okay, this was OEM from which one? Um, you know, the other bit of it that I'm kind of more a little concerned about is one of the things I've seen all over the place with um, a lot of our poly equipment, Cisco equipment, this and that, is that they go Barco certified or sorry, ClickShare certified. I haven't seen Air Media certified. And you know, more, I, I'm sorry. Like I just from my, just from previous experiences and everything, I, one seems to be a little bit more open than the other. So maybe this whole thing was here, let's nudge, you know, let's, let's actually play nice. So this can actually, you know, there's greater acceptance to a certain degree. I think this is more of Crestron saying, okay, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll agree to this because there's greater acceptance for our stuff because it's almost like a standard. I mean, it's, I, I, I feel weird using the word standard for a proprietary system. Just like, I, I don't like using saying that, that Dante is a standard because in any, but it, it, it has, is defi- a de facto standard almost. Uh, Samantha, you're, you're our, our manufacturer on the panel here today. So talk for a second from the manufacturer standpoint about some of the, the, the gotchas or the, the, the ups and downs of working together with another manufacturer. I think it's always great. Like that's what integrator means, right? Is that we're mixing and blending systems. So it's good for everybody when more people can work together, then it becomes not who can make the most complete ecosystem. It's who can make the best 
pieces uh, in the system. That's when it becomes about it. So I'm all pro for that. Uh, specifically for manufacturing, it definitely adds some complication because, of course, when it's all in-house, you have complete control over everything and it's much easier to get things developed and done. But it goes right back to this idea of, are we specialized or are we a multi-tool or somewhere in between like trying to, to hit that can be tough so working with other manufacturers is a longer game it costs more up front there is a bit of a question on it uh there's i get i suppose a little bit of le less risk though because again when you're developing it yourself it, it's it's all you if somebody else does it better and you partner with them then that's great uh it's not your problem so uh personally like for us at Alan Heath, we're pro doing that uh, we work with Audinate and waves and, and these people trying to make sure that we've so many control platforms that's been a big thing lately for us is working with others to make sure we're keeping the integration in integration is there is there another level of quality control when you partner like that because specifically this instance and in, in Samantha works for Alan and he, she doesn't work for either one. Is there another level of quality control then? Because you are leveraging somebody else's IP, right? Somebody else's intellectual property. They're doing the QC on that. And then you are able to also do a QC as well. Yeah, there's that really strange handoff where like who becomes who, or what becomes whose problem. Yeah. Uh, and so sometimes there is a little bit of like the, no, it's not us, it's you. No, it's you, it's not us sort of deal. And that can be a little bit tough for the integrator, for the end user sometimes. But it also means there's lots of QC and lots of admin and back of house sort of work, making sure that we're testing things that, yep, we can say, check, we have personally tested this, it works. You know, like <clears throat> recently I've been working with Visionary Solutions see if our, our system processors and matrix mixers can control theirs nice and easily in theory yep all is well but we wanted to make sure let's get it in our hands yeah. and do it ourselves we send them equipment they send us equipment and we do that kind of extra work to make sure like yep we're good to go we can recommend this all, all should be well so yes it's extra work some more qc a little headbutting at times uh for troubleshooting but all for the greater good all right, Brock, you are the integrator on, on this call. So talk about integrating uh, companies that are, are playing nice together before you ever start uh, start ordering product. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't look at this as um, as an integration uh, conversation, the, the Barco Crestron one. Um, you know, Samantha is absolutely right. We spend our life trying to make other people's products play nicely together. Um, the um, I I think this is a case of Barco having some IP around their button uh, and probably their button specifically for conferencing. Uh, in other words, wire, wirelessly transmitting uh, Teams and Zoom, um, uh, which which you know the reliability of which has revolutionized the meeting room world, um, and you know we can now design. Um, room after room after room after room with no hardwired connections for USB and, and uh, uh, HDMI um, at all. And it's, it's fantastic. And it marks a sea change, I think, in how Crestron has decided to come to market. Crestron has looked at, and I, I was shocked when I read this, because uh, they have been a walled garden as so many of the companies within 
within the uh, the industry are. I mean, it, uh, um, the you know the devil was ice skating uh, last year when Crest, uh, Cisco rather decided to open up uh, their video conferencing to Teams and Zoom on the Navigator touch panels, um, and uh, and I think there's now a whole hockey team in hell. Um, uh, because, uh, Crestron's gone, you know what? Our customers want what Barco's offering. They don't want what we're offering. They want what Barco's offering. So we can wait a couple of years and it costs us a gazillion dollars in meeting room wireless sales because, um, because they're buying click shares rather than air media. Um, uh, the enterprise are, or. Uh, we can write our friends at Barco uh, a check for every air media with a button that we sell. Um, we can uh, tell people that it works exactly like the ClickShare, and um, and they can make a, a greater proportion of their spend. Um, and and we can now integrate that into Flex uh, and the other products that we are selling to the enterprise. And I think it's brilliant um and i wish that uh and and it's just some money that transfers back and forth i for a company to admit that they don't have all the best ideas and that the customers preferences um are in fact better than anything that their engineers could come up with as a reason to to create a product um i'm really happy never never thought i'd live to see the day um, and here we are playing hockey in hell because it froze hmm. over. That's a lot coming from a Canadian. I'm just going to point that out there. <laughs> All right. Uh, final story. I mentioned the fact that, uh, that Samantha and I were at Cedia. Cedia and CIX Expo were, uh, there was a week ago uh, today as we're recording this. It was in Denver. The pre-registration numbers were sitting about 17,500. Uh, we've reached out to the folks at Emerald to get official numbers yet. We have, as of two o'clock Eastern on Friday, we have not gotten those yet. Uh, so we'll go with the 17.5 pre-reg. I don't think it felt like 17.5, but it was certainly busy. Uh, I've gone to CDA for a number of, yeah, I've gone to CDA for a number of years. 16,000 is, is a, I think 20,000 right after one of the, right after the, the um, uh, 2016 or 2015, it was a little less busy than that. Um, However, for the first time, Commercial Integrator had an, an expo there calling it CI Expo or Commercial Integrator uh, Expo. Commercial Integrator, of course, is owned by Emerald, who owns and runs uh, Cedia Expo, the expo, not the, not the organization. Uh, there were um, a few handful of, of commercial-only integrators, Atlas IED, Aurora, the Digital Signage Federation was there. Absin technically had a booth. They just didn't have anything in it, and I'm still not being able to suss out why that was. Uh, you also had companies like SnapOne, Sony, and Legrand that serve both markets. They had commercial segments in in their booths. Sony had an entire wall of Bravia. Legrand brought uh, Vadio and their UC solutions. Um, so th this is this is Tim, right? This is not you know the the facts here. I don't feel like the CI part was fantastic. It was a nice start. Uh, I've said before that ISE, Integrated Systems Europe, is my favorite show for, for every year. And the reason I think it's my favorite show is because it has a nice combination of residential and commercial. 
there was not as much commercial there as I would have liked and seen, but it's the first year, right? Uh, so I'll give the team at Emerald, I'll give the team at CI a couple of years to, to figure it, to, to figure this out. Samantha was there as well. Alan Heath did mm-hmm. not have a booth, but Samantha was there. So Samantha, from your perspective, both from the C- CDF part and the CI part, what was your takeaways? Uh, this was my first residential show of any kind. So it was all like, as I mentioned earlier, this is a lot of blinds. Uh, this, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, did not realize that people, there was this many companies making it. It makes absolute sense when you give it five minutes thought. Lots of TVs that I'm used to. Um, total agreeance. ISE is just like, it's so wildly different and it's just so developed. Yeah. Um, you can, it's, it would literally take you two or three days to just like walk like not even talking to people just walking between the aisles it would take you that long love that show uh this could this could be that at some point but it's definitely it it was nice but a little bit but a little bit smaller than i was hoping for i could see us getting having a booth and getting involved in years to come Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was nice to watch it launch they had some good classes i sat in on some uh, on some stuff um i was there to uh, meet some industry folks and we got an award for a bars and restaurants project. So it was just nice. waving at people and stuff. So that was all great. And being exposed to that uh, residential side was also really interesting, but I think I agree with you, Tim, that it's uh, I'd like to see it fleshed out more. Like I want to see it even bigger. I, I yeah. it could be America's or North America's call to, to ISE. So yeah. Brock, same kind of question here. If only you didn't go, neither did Bill. And we'll talk about Bill in a second. But you know, from remotely, did you? What did your your What was your takeaway from the the CDSCI part? You know, the end of the summer and the beginning of uh, September is so busy for integrators. Um, uh, I uh, it it barely uh, hit my radar. Um, I, I generally don't follow the Cedia channel at all. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I did get some advertising, uh, bump from some vendors. Um, I'm not sure there were any product launches there. Uh, if there were, they, they passed me by and that's often a reason for a show. Um, I, you know, my guess is that the commercial people, um, that attended there were, um, were there on a regional show basis, uh, you know, that they got the, the Rocky Mountain States um, uh, or folks that just will take any excuse to go to Denver because it's a pretty cool place. Um, but it, it, did not, uh, uh, it did not hit my, uh, my radar. Now, that said, um, Wednesday night, I had uh, three gentlemen at my home for dinner uh, who work for Sonance. Mm-hmm. Um, and they exhibited at the show, and I think we're pleased uh, to be able to show their full product range, because there are a lot of things in their consumer range that actually appeal to us uh, folks in the uh, uh, in the professional business. Um, and they uh, they sat in my backyard and listened to one of their garden systems, uh, you know, which are sold uh, to both uh, to, to to both channels. I think yeah. you know, there's there's lots of companies that are in both markets and um uh and it works well for them and i'm i'm with samantha a hundred percent i love ise and and loved you know seeing things that i didn't know about that are affecting my customers 
perceptions of what they should have uh, in their businesses um, or their restaurants or their right. There's um, the, a, a lot of a lot of the preferences that consumers develop um, happen at the um, you know at the the uh, uh, at residential level, which yep. is why businesses keep asking us to put in Sonos. Well, and, and back to back a story for a second. Um, good Lord, this is 14, 15 years ago when when Apple AirPlay came out and I worked for a college university and we were putting in Apple TVs so we could wirelessly show. Oh, I swear. I am not kidding you. But this was prior to the click share. Right. Right. The click share in my mind. And nobody's ever told me this. Right. I'm telling you, the click share is the commercial answer to that, right? right? 100%, because it was driven by the CEO saying, my 13-year-old can show me a video from his laptop. Why the freak can't I do that in my, in my boardroom? But the first French word that you learned to hate was bonjour, because that was the protocol that pinged your network every six seconds. I, I, right. I wasn't a network guy, so I didn't, you know, it wasn't my problem. <laughs> okay. oh, oh. But if you if you put those in a in a room, it was your problem. I, I heard from my CTO quite quite often. Bill, uh get get me off of this. Bill, um we, we talked actually uh, I had a conversation with Erin Mayer Moran from from Johns Hopkins, she's the host of our EdTech show. Um, asked her about, you know, going to CDA and CI, and she's like, that it's it's not a great time, dude. She said it's, it was the week of, of Memorial of Labor Day, right? The, the first three, four weeks, shoot, the first quarter in higher education, you're not going anywhere unless you're dead. So, Bill, understanding you didn't go, but did you see anything, hear anything? What, what was your re- reaction from the CDA and CI Expo? Oh, you mean in between my hair being on fire? Um uh, as I say, honestly, I didn't have a, a good chance to check it out. The thing, though, that reading up on things and on top of that, just, you know, checking up on social media um, is, you know, the fact that uh, Chuck has been, you know, I saw Chuck Espinosa posting up some stuff and I went, what is Aurora doing there? Not that yep. I'm beating up on them so much as it's I've always known them of like here we're in the commercial space. There's there's half a dozen spaces here on Rutgers that use their stuff. And I'm looking going, all right, I'm sure there's a valid reason for this. Maybe there's crosstalk. Maybe there's something where, you know, Paul wants to integrate stuff into his house, into folks' houses. That was the kind of like, all right, interesting. And then the other part of it was um, amazingly enough, uh, in part that actually caused us to end up having a little chat with Legrand in that um, they actually are making us like, you know, we kind of looked at it and went, uh, we wanted to go check out the show, but we hadn't had any time. So Legrand actually went and said, "You know what? We've got our AV Roadshow. How about we make a stop at your at your campus?" And we're oh, like, nice. "Work it out with the work it out with the campus folks." And yeah. literally the 29th, um, I'm just putting that out there for anyone who's interested, at least in the greater New York metro area. Uh, Legrand's going to be making a stop at, um, at Rutgers Livingston campus. They'll be showing off their you know their complete AV Roadshow stuff. Um, so it was one of those kind of happy things of like, well, we can't go to it because we're really busy. We'll come to you. Okay. Done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, Bill mentioned Aurora. I did have a conversation with with that team on Friday 
And uh, side note, this is anecdotal, right? That this is not, you know, um, a, a peer-reviewed re research part. It's me talking to the folks at, at Aurora. They said the vast majority of their of their people that claim by their booth were inherently commercial. So I found that interesting, but I think Brock's right. It was a lot of Rocky Mountain area. I did notice the ABISPL folks were there, the Denver team, right? Um, mm -hmm. our, our main corporation is CTI. That office came on, on Friday, right? I did not notice anybody from Diversified, but <laughs> SPL and CTI both had shirts on. Diversified folks may have been there incognito. I don't know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting over the next couple of years to see, you know, how they're able to, to flesh that out, but good on Dan Farisi, um, for, for, you know, good job there, good education. Um, so we'll, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll check that out. Um, last thing before I, I let you guys go and, and ask how people connect with you. I mentioned Dan Farisi, the 40 under 40 class of 23, uh, came out since I, last time I, I was on. This is a big list, kid, and a whole kids and a whole lot of really great folks on here. Uh, I'm just going to highlight. I was going to highlight a couple, and if you're not watching the video, there's a lot of highlighting here. But I have to mention these people: Christy, Sarah, uh, awesome uh, educator for, from Sony; Ben Thomas, of course, over at Market Scale; our, our good friend Erica Carroll at Mersive. She also hosts our Women in AV uh, podcast. I met the young man Elijah Mount. Actually, Samantha, you and I both met him at the CI uh, part. His name is Elijah Mounts, and he works for Mounted, and I just think that's funny. Uh, <laughs> Leanna Russell from uh, Vistacom. Uh, Brent Yenzer, of course, uh, from Morave, uh, Moravian uh, University. Haley Tooley, uh, fantastic young lady. Uh, she now works for Harmon. Uh, Noreen Eason. Uh, Christy Mitchell, uh, our, our good friend who now works for Liberty AV. James King, uh, the, the one and only Slack uh, a, a higher education Slack guy. He now works for UNLV. Lauren Simmon, who I've known for a long time, uh, works for Crestron. Another Crestron uh, cohort there, Alex Paris. Victoria Rook, uh, who helps out our buddy Steve Greenblatt uh, to control concepts. And Jessica mm. Edelberg, who I've gotten to know over the last couple of years at Avidex uh, through a partnership with PSNI. So congratulations to them. Congratulations one and all. Uh, if you check out the socials, there was a small picture of a bunch of us that have made the 40 under 40. I was there. I was the oldest. That is all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Just that's it. Matt Scott was in person too. There's a good amount of us of us there. I was actually surprised. I was yeah. like, oh man, like I didn't I didn't know it was happening. I thought it was just like that year's like yeah. uh, 40 under 40. So I was like just hiding in the back. <laughs> uh, but it was like seeing everybody else. I, like they had that big... Uh, uh, banner that had like all the years and i was like oh this is cool like this is what we should be here's the like yearbook sort of deal like it was it was nice oh god i can go i can go check out my year i think i was class 2016 i, I wish that they would change the picture <laughs> so, oh like your picture like... Mine, mine specifically this is all about me samantha yeah oh sorry of course let's just say i've lost a pound or two since 2014 i'm just gonna yeah. point that out there all right thank you all so much samantha potter uh great to meet you in person finally even though she leaves they only lives five, four hours that way uh for me first time in person uh how do people connect with you or alan and heath the internet as anything uh my handle on if i'm on a social media site my handle is always potter audio uh, one word. And Alan Heath, we're still doing like our normal uh, webinars. We've got lots of, uh, we're out doing tabletop shows and expos and stuff all over the place. So we're not hard to find at all. 
But we can check out our new CQ series and everything on alan-heath.com. And your uh, podcast, please. Of course, yes. And then I have my podcast, which is, I mean, I'm, I'm nearing like four years or something of doing this, something nuts. So uh, Church Down Podcast, it's available on all of the popular podcasting platforms. Uh, and it's also available on prosunweb.com. Right, very good. Mr. O'Donnell, welcome back to the world of higher education. Uh, we've sent flowers uh, as our condolences. Oh. Uh, how do people connect with you? Oof. Um, well, first off, uh, by the way, for for everyone, as I say, because uh, Mr. Josiah Way has now gone over to UCLA, uh, I have to now carry on the uh, sporting the red Hawaiian uh, shirt. So you can probably see me wrecking this uh, for the foreseeable future. Tim might have to get the, the white one. So, you know, we're not All twins. Right. Anyway, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find me on Twitter at the original OD. Uh, I've been a little silent on the social medias, mostly because before before I got back into higher ed, uh, I was working in the federal judiciary, and that was you know for my own safety of working in Philly. Understood. Yes. So other than that, uh, once again, I'll be uh, Tim and I. Tim will be speaking at uh, the E4 uh, conference in the coming week or two. I will be there um, probably as a good softball plant for the Q&A section of uh, him and Jimmy Singleton having a chat on things. All right, and just to be clear, Tim Van Wart, not this Tim. Tim Van Wart from... from no, Russia. no, Tim Van Wart, who is now a co-worker, no longer just a colleague. He's a co-worker. All right. Mr. McGinnis, thank you, sir. How do people connect with you or Nationwide? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm Brock at NationwideAV.com. Uh, not to be confused with Nationwide Video, who people approach us pretty much every day uh, looking to rent a projector or something, but that's not us. Um, a great Canadian uh, integrator. And uh, I'm on Twitter at Brock McGinnis. Um, generally approachable. And uh, by the way, um, Noreen Essam was one of the 40 under 40 uh, this year and uh, is, I believe, the only Canadian on this year's list. So I'll give Noreen, Noreen a shout out. So you can never see her in the pictures because she's usually like too short. She's down at that. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, Noreen. I, I, that was Brock McGinnis at Nango. Uh, for me, for Tim Albright, do not follow me on X or Twitter or whatever, or even LinkedIn, but go by the website if you would, please, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. I mentioned, I think, at least two or three. We've got a, a number of really great ones. Uh, Mitchell is working hard in the background, pumping those out. Uh, Resi Week, you know, um, EdTech, uh, Women in AV, and all sorts of other control concepts. Uh, our buddy uh, Steve Greenblatt does uh, State of Control, so check all those out and the, the XR Star. Um, but yeah, go by the website if you would, please, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week. Mm -hmm.